Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Okay, welcome listener to another episode of the Marching In Pod. It is Wednesday morning, the 11th of May. We are fast approaching the end of what has felt, to me at least, like a very long season. I am joined as ever by Sam Appleton off the back of what was quite a bleak Saturday, I assume. Yeah, pretty bleak apart from, well... As a, the 90 minutes in between was, was always just a really good away game, or good away day anyway. And um, yeah, I just want the season to be over now, to be honest. But unfortunately, we've still got two more very, very tough games. So yeah, let's get into it. What was the Brentford ground like? Um, yeah, I mean, this might sound really snobbish to like grounds, but I've been to so many now in the country. Up and down the country, I just feel a bit cold towards them. Like new grounds, I find quite a lot of the new grounds quite similar. But yeah, it was nice. I mean, I actually prefer Griffin Park because I quite like the character of it. But yeah, that's because I'm quite an old-fashioned, old-fashioned football fan. But no, it was it was, <laughs> it was fine. But and the beauty of it was I got to walk home so I only live about a couple of miles away from the ground. So yeah, I walked home after that, which is quite nice to avoid the hustle and bustle and. Uh, well, that was the only nice thing about it, really. Get your steps in, Sammy boy. Um, right, let's get into it then. Disaster of a, a performance, really. In what, kind of watching it, felt quite a strange game in that there felt like there was space for sort of both sides to, to attack, probably pre that spell where we just collapsed. But it it was pretty much the same old story where we look so vulnerable in so many areas defensively, you know, including on the transition where it felt like every time they broke, they had one man over and could score and also at set pieces. Yeah. Where, where to start Sam on what was just a, another really bad day at the office. Yeah. It's just been going from bad to worse to even worse the last few weeks. I mean, I thought, I mean, We'll get onto the Palace game in a bit. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get onto that. But um, it just seemed to be almost a continuation of it. It was just. I mean, we started okay with our first five until until they scored. First five ten minutes. I can't, I can't remember exactly what minute Jansen put them ahead, but yeah, the defending was just. I mean the the time we give Ivan Tony on a set on that corner where he just gets to bring the ball down and cross it into Jansen just. Unbelievable. I mean, one if you're going to mark, wait, other than Ericsson who's taking the corner, if you're going to mark one player in the Brentford team, you mark Ivan Tony, you get tight to him, you don't let him have any room. And he literally brings the ball down his chest and takes it forward. And I mean, Diallo's asleep. I mean, I can't even remember who else is asleep. I mean, the whole team's asleep, aren't they? And um, 
cross it and yank Yance's had to put it in and then before we even get our breath back, they're two new up with Edna and Salisa taking each other out just for just for good measure. And I mean we had little periods of play where we could could have got back into it. I keep hearing that Adam Armstrong was unlucky with the offside, but you're offside, you're not really unlucky because mm. you're still offside. I actually, yeah, it was a good finish, but I just, I felt this a little bit about all of our attacking moments in the sense that we weren't that alive. Like Broder and Armstrong would have half half chances, but didn't really ever seem like they were alert. And in my opinion, you're kind of, you're knowing that we're probably going to press the ball in that situation. It could well rebound anywhere. He's just walking backwards and then suddenly becomes alive. I just think it's a little bit sloppy from him. It was a good finish, but you should be on side. Yeah, the finish reminded me of, I mean, I still, I still play football manager quite a lot. When he got an out-of-form striker, he never scores. The only time they ever put the ball in the back of the net and really good finish, the flag goes up. That's, that, that's exactly what happens. Right, Timo right, Werner right, style. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the second half wasn't much better. We'll, we'll get on to what happened with... Um, well, the fan reaction in a bit, but then mm. we give their, their they make we make their centre back look like Prime Maradona as he goes for goes for our defence. I mean, Crystal is a good player, but he's not he's not the sort of player should be doing that to our defence. I mean, lots of, lots of players do do that to our defence, but it was just awful. The Redmond Redmond wins the ball back at the edge of the box and Pallet he tries to clear it and just gives the ball straight to him, and yeah, we're three 0 down and. It was just a bleak day. It was really, really bad. And that coincided with the um, the chance towards the manager. Yeah. I think going into the game, I, I was relatively confident for some reason. Don't really know why, looking back now. In that, again, me kind of saying it feels like a long season. It feels like years ago that we beat them 4-1 at our place. But on that day, there did seem to be, you know, a pretty considerable gulf between the two sides in terms of how dominant we were. I know they have really sorted themselves out. And I think it's not just down to Christian Eriksen. Thomas Frank deserves a lot of credit for the position he's got Brentford into. I think I saw some... Goalkeeper being back makes a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. He's a rise a very uh, decent keeper and a big upgrade on on who, I think, what's his name? Is it Fernandez? Yeah. Yeah, the other keeper they've got. Um, I think I saw somewhere they've now got... um, as many points as Norwich and Watford have combined. Yeah. They've they've had a very, very good debut season. Don't kind of um, yeah take anything away from that. But I, I did expect a little bit more from us. And I thought going forward, we were finding gaps quite nicely and, and, and looked okay. And even at 2-0 down, we sort of steadied ourselves when I thought this could get pretty ugly because immediately after that second goal, they had a couple of breaks where we clear at the last minute and just can't really sort ourselves out. But yeah, I kind of went into it thinking this should be a game that we could, could win, but we just have those periods in us where we get stuck in such a rut. And I think, look, defensively we've been abysmal and I think our, our kind of team as a whole needs to take some responsibility for that. But the buck does ultimately stop with Ralph in terms of trying to, stop or halt those moments that we have like someone said this about the city madrid game last week like when you can see that goal that first equalizer 
someone go down with cramp. Like someone, Sid Lowe, Sid Lowe. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it may well have been Sid Lowe, but I've heard a few people comment on it. But do do something, right? Like stop the tide, stop the momentum, and the lack of any sort of nous and gamesmanship from our team is just it's evident pretty much every time we concede a goal. And you know, actually linked again to that, and I think it may well have been Sid Lowe that commented on this about the um kind of periods in games in big Champions League games that City have gone through where they concede quite a few goals in a like a short space of time I'd be really interested to see our stats when we get beat badly because I think there will be you know periods of maybe 10-15 minutes where we at least concede two and it could well have been more on Saturday and I think just not learning any lessons from that and not setting up the team to you know, do anything about those moments is a real, real shortage in terms of Ralph's ability as a coach. Yeah, we saw last season when Moreira was injured, how, just how open we are when, I mean, it's not down, just down to them, it's down to the, I mean, there's a lot of other players, but when Walbrouse and Diallo played together, we are so open. Diallo is, A, he's, short, he's massively short of confidence, he just looks completely shot of it, and B, He's not, he's not really a defensive midfielder. He's not a like for like replacement for Romeo. So when Warprowse and Diallo play together, they're just, people just, just walk straight through us and, and they're straight onto our centre backs. Who, I mean, as much as I get onto Bedarek's back, Salisu is just, since before the Villa game, I mean, you know, the Villa game, he missed for injury. Since that injury, he has been awful, like on a par with Bednarek. And Bednarek has just been abysmal as well. But then, I'd love to know just how bad Lianco and Stevens must be in training to not get ahead of those two at the moment. They're abysmal. Like I heard someone say the other day that the Norwich centre backs would improve us at the moment, and they and they they would. It's, yeah, it's, it's not not too much to say. I mean, I think there's probably most centre backs in the championship would improve us. It feels like like it is. Yeah. It is really sad to see the drop off in Salisu, but. Bednarek, just like his whole demeanour, I think when things aren't going well and Saints aren't winning, you, you, we obviously have commented on the stuff with regards to missing out that game against uh, City and, and the Poland um, kind of uh, distraction, as it were. But I think the, the guy, I think, is, is done at Saints, in my opinion. I think he should be. And the rumours that he may well get a decent money move elsewhere, like that, we, we need to... We need, I think we need to take that and reassess the centre-back situation. And you know, it's very likely that we'll still be a Premier League club come kind of, yeah, May 22nd or whatever it is. We need two, potentially three centre-backs, in my opinion, to, to like really shore up what has been a horrific defensive display the whole second half of the season, really. I'd say maybe not the whole second half of the season, but since that Villa game, like we we have been really, really poor at the back and Benarek is a key part of that. Lianco, I mean, plenty of people have kind of touched on this, but Vestergaard had a good season for us last year. I think we we kind of won't get away from that. He's obviously had a really tough time at Leicester. But knowing that we were losing him and replacing him with someone who couldn't get into one of the worst defences in Italy... Like that, that sort of was a statement on where we were at at that time in terms of the investment we had. And, you know, Ralph seems to have very little confidence in either, either him or Stevens. And 
yeah, you're right. Like it's just it's been really tough to watch the the sort of shambles that has been Bednarek and and Salisu probably for the last. I mean, it feels like it's probably gone on longer, but really, it's been the kind of last third of the season, hasn't it? Yeah, I always thought at the start of the season we sort of cracked it defensively. We had the odd game like away at Liverpool where we got opened up, but I mean, best teams in the world can get opened up by Liverpool. But the first half of the season we were relatively sound defensively, and it's just, I mean, draw the Etihad for God's sake. And I mean, it's just completely gone to pot since that Villa game. I mean. You can get opened up by a team, fair enough, one game, like the players like Coutinho and Ings and Watkins, Buendia, people like that. But we just haven't been... I keep seeing on, on Twitter, like, oh, maybe we'll see a reaction from the Villa game this week. We still haven't seen we still haven't seen a reaction from that game, let alone the Palace game or the Chelsea game or, the, or even the Brentford game for next week against, oh, God, Liverpool. But, that's, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just been a complete shambles the last few months. Yeah, it really has been. I was kind of hoping that maybe the title was just completely done. I mean, appreciate Liverpool won last night, but sort of hope that maybe it would just be completely dead. Obviously, City play twice now before we welcome Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to know. It'll what be as good as when if Liverpool City win twice, it'll be as good as. Yeah. And they, I think they, what's their final league game? Home to Villa, I believe, because they mentioned it last night on the coverage. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's going to be interesting the, the next kind of couple of games. And it does just seem mad, the position we're in, where yeah, watching Arsenal leads sort of actually genuinely supporting another team in the league because you're concerned that if one of those teams down there get points then we could be well in it and I think we've Leeds, been if Leeds win tonight I mean it's not out of the, it's not out of the realm, realm of possibility of Leeds beat Chelsea tonight the way Chelsea been the last few weeks and they got a cup final on Saturday they win tonight they're three points behind us with two games left and I don't see us getting another point this season and I mean they got two tough games Brighton at home Brentford away are tough games but if they win those both they're, they're above us yeah yeah I think I said this to you, isn't it? I mean, we might as well just get into the relegation chat because, I don't know, it's sort of that, like, everyone's thinking, well, very unlikely to happen, but it does make sense to kind of bring Saints into the conversation when it comes to relegation, given how abysmal we've been. I mean, it's one win in 10. We're just in free fall. Don't look like we're getting any points from anywhere right now. It's those two Burnley games that I, I messaged you, didn't I, saying, I just can't see them winning either of them. And they have to win one of them, don't they? It's Villa away and it's Spurs away. I think they play Spurs early on Sunday. I mean, they could get, they could beat Villa, but I don't see them winning at Spurs, especially if Spurs. I mean, if Spurs win tomorrow night and they beat Burnley, they'll be they'll be fourth. Right? So yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. Can't see it. Yeah, I think we kind of. Uh, I don't know, maybe say fortunate, but kind of fortunate with just the way the fixtures have run. If Burnley had got a result, uh against Villa, I think the picture would look a bit different. We hadn't beat, imagine if we hadn't beat Arsenal. Imagine if Forster hadn't, hadn't played that game against Arsenal. We would be bagging trouble right now. Or Ward-Prowse hadn't bailed us out in the Leeds and Brighton game. I mean, the Leeds one now looks doubly important given kind of they're one of the teams that we probably, you know, yeah. could be very close to coming into the season. But yeah, that that is five points that, you know, I guess if we thought about this run of 10 games where we picked up one win, you know, five points is all we've taken from it. It would just be 
we'd, we'd be fucked if we didn't have those those games. And I know you could say that about any results we picked up throughout the season, but just given the, the recent ones, it's it, like it's just, it's almost jaw-dropping our, our fall from grace and you're, you're scratching your head, not knowing really where to, to point. And ultimately, the fans very much made their feelings felt towards the end of the game. I've also, I think it was on the Total Saints part, I also understand there might have been a bit of aggro in the in the Saints end between Saints supporters. Anything to comment on that? Uh, I saw some guy getting carried out down, down the stairs near me. I didn't, I didn't actually see what happened. It may have just been usual aggro. I mean, I mean, from my point of view, the support on Saturday was excellent. Yeah. So it was really, I mean, we outsung the Brentford fans. I mean, I keep hearing how good the, the atmosphere is at Griffin Park at, at the new stadium, but um, Saints fans completely outsung them on Saturday. Well, what is it called, two, by the way, Sam? Three. Sorry to jump in. Brent, Brentford Community Stadium. That's it. I genuinely didn't actually know. No, you're, <laughs> you're completely right, by the way. On, on you know, watching the, the stream, it was we we were class the, the fans mm. like it really felt like in amidst what was going on just again just really good atmosphere I'll let you crack on so no and yeah but it got near the end and I maybe I can't remember whether it was 2-0 3-0 when Romeo came on for was it Arms. Adam on was it Adam Armstrong was it Stuart Armstrong mm. one of the Armstrongs I think it was Stuart yeah and there were disc, there were fans singing. You don't know what you're doing to Ralph, and then it, that escalated into getting sacked in the morning. I mean, I can confirm I didn't I didn't sing either of those, but I could sort of it was it was to seem like a big a big like a big fork in the road in terms of where we're going because it's the first time I've seen our fans turn on Ralph. I mean, it's only what 1,400 allocation at Brentford, so it's a, very small majority of the fan base. Sorry, not very small minority of the fan base, but it felt like a big, a big turning point with people turning on Ralph. And um, he didn't come over at full time; he's straight down the tunnel. I mean, as much as I think Ralph may have time, maybe done with us. The players were the players have lo- he's lost the players, which is, isn't a good sign. But also, the players just gave up on Saturday; they were awful. It should have been them getting the brunt. I think, in my opinion, it should have been them getting the brunt of the the abuse or the the criticism from the from the fans. It was it was a sh- it was a shambles. Like I mean, you could probably count two players that really they get they they gave a toss yeah. about it. The rest of them just given up. It's just it's a disgrace. And all the other players in the back, like you got the other players in the squad, like. Not Walcott's there. What is the point of Walcott? Gineppo, what was the point of him? And just there's so much rubbish in that squad. And you can tell that they just don't care. I mean, you get two or three players that really care, and the rest of them just do not be in there. But yeah, Ralph needs to take needs to take a massive, massive portion of the blame as well. And yeah, it was it was sad to see. You don't you don't you don't want to see a manager who obviously cares so much about the club getting abused like that. But, yeah, I mean, people are entitled to their opinion, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the thing. You touch on the care that he has for for Saints, and that is just clearly evident. And I think it's been probably as evident during this season as any other with us. Mm. And he has had some 
kind of incredible highs. We've had some really steep lows. I think it was there was some comment that came out of the Brentford dressing room how we're a side that could win 10-0 or lose 10-0. I think we're far more likely to lose 10-0. <laughs> but you, you, we kind of, we know that we are that, that side. And can we ultimately see that changing with, with more backing for Ralph? Because I think that's where I'm still balanced on the argument. And I think you, you kind of get in football and, and in life, people who sort of stick their, their line in the sand and say that I'm not crossing this and, and there isn't any maybe kind of balance to it. But like you say, that the squad beyond an 11 that I think could be relatively competitive, we, we just have a really weak squad. I think it may have been Danny Murphy that I saw on the, the clickbait machine that is TalkSport saying, you know, when I looked at that squad, I thought, you know, if Ralph keeps them up, he's done an excellent job. And ultimately, if he does keep us up, it's sort of job done. I just feel like the, the way this season has petered out, I mean, it's not petering out is probably a... <laughs> probably being kind to our performances over the last 10 games. And I was thinking about this with momentum and like ending the season and, you know, Villa picked up a couple of good, good wins and had a good performance last night, albeit they lost. Brighton have kind of found the, the formula, it seems, under Potter, just a really good system and had a great win. Like we were in the driving seat to be that side that had a really good season and ended the season well. Ultimately, the points difference between us, Villa, Brighton isn't going to be totally different, but the, the complexion of our season is just completely on its head now. But you're kind of going into a summer where, as you say, the fans appreciate it's a minority that are way support, but it normally is indicative of a wider sentiment towards the team and the manager. We're coming out of this season in, a, in for me, a really really interesting spot and it's going to be such a pivotal summer whether Ralph is there or not it's just very very sad to see so yeah I just I don't really know what to make of it I think we have probably seen the Ralph situation slightly differently throughout the time that we've been doing the pod and and, and you know supporting Saints I guess in the sense that he's been here a pretty long time now is he the man to, to take us to that next level? It seems like, judging by the reports that you mentioned before we, we came on in the mail, that there is complete backing for him and he will get that backing financially this summer. Yeah, I just wonder how long that how long that will last. I mean, I, I probably agree that the summer, he, he, I mean, he'll get the summer. It's just, just what will happen. He won't get sacked. And... If, he, if the first 10 games next season don't work, if he is properly backed, I mean, we never start seasons well. But if, say, we're probably up against it after the first 10 games, the fact that he is not the owner's man, in inverted commas, because, I mean, he's been here a long time before the new guys came in, he, he'll be out the door. If he's if he's given the backing that, I mean, we're not going to go out spending 20, 30 million on, on players, but if we if we're going to overhaul the squad in terms of ins and outs, I mean, I mean outs could also could almost be as, as pivotal as ins to be honest. And, it, and he, we don't start next season well, and pro, and we are up against it. Yeah, he'll be out the door. 
And I mean, it's it's going to be a it's going to be. A, I hope you say it every year. We say it's a massive summer. This one just feels with a new with a new ownership. It just feels so pivotal. Yeah. How do you see it, given the question mark that is very much over Ralph's head right now? <laughs> I think you see this occasionally at clubs where we commit to backing, you know, a club commits to backing their manager and there's a big question mark over him. It seems like he's going to be involved in those transfer decisions. What are your thoughts around that? It's a big call to get a manager under pressure, the, the backing of a massive summer. But he also needs to decide where we're going. What, what, what do we want to be? Because are we trying to push on and get in the top half? Are we trying to stay as we are, but still playing good football and, and having good results against big teams like we have been? But we just can't. And the football we play just seems like we completely tail off in every season. And yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, it is a massive, it's a massive shout. I mean, I mean, we say he's under pressure, but the, the owners may not even think that. They may think. Mm. He's kept us in the Premier League. He's our man. We'll, we'll keep going. But yeah, it's a mass, it's a massive call. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think some comments about him potentially, you know, not not hearing it or his English isn't too good. And you know, I, I kind of hope for for our sake, really, that we haven't really internalized this as a, as a squad and as a manager now to say that the, the writing's on the wall for the majority of this team and, and, and Ralph, because I think it would be relatively nice to get some sort of response to one of, for me, one of our worst performances of the season, certainly defensively on, on Saturday, there have been a few recently, but it was as bad as it got really. And the game was just dead at two nil and, I think people are commenting saying we kind of got back into it a bit, but I don't think we ever really looked like scoring. Similar, I guess, story to what was a really disappointing game the week previous, um, Sam. It makes sense to touch on the, the Palace game. And I think linked to something you just said about how we've tailed off completely and it has happened with, with Ralph's um, kind of tenure at the club. Interestingly, I was thinking about Project Restart. I mean, we'd had three months off <laughs> the players were clearly fresh going into that and we could play a, an aggressive game where maybe other sides couldn't so much and I think that that Ralph did a, an excellent job throughout that but it's not the normal kind of end of a season right so I think that's the only end of a season where we've had a kind of positive time of it but the players just look fucking knackered against Palace like we just, even at 1-0, it was sloppiness across the pitch. We weren't pressing aggressively. You know, Eze's goal, we give the ball away sloppily. I think it might have been Shea Adams trying to play a, a kind of silly pass that, as we're almost getting out of our, our defensive zone. And just felt in, inevitable that, that we could, um, could capitulate in that game and, and ultimately did. We did and didn't pick up a single point. I mean, it wasn't good, was it? No, it was awful. I mean, we got the early lead and that was it. We just didn't do anything. We didn't do anything else after that. We definitely had a single shot on target after Romeo scored. And Palace completely deserved to win. I said to a friend at work who's a Palace fan, I said that I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We were awful. You were the better team, deserved to win. I mean, 
You can call it Gallagher missing an absolute sitter. I'm trying to think of other chances they missed. But I think Mateta had a chance as well. And yeah, I mean, it could, we were lucky, which is 2 1. I mean, of all the things, I said I don't want to criticize Ben Wright too much, but that, that winning goal against Palace, it's like, what, is, what does Zaha want Ben Wright to do? Yeah. Let's get tied to him so he can push him away and get the shot off. What does Ben Wright do? Gets tied to him to push, push him away get the shot off and it was just so inevitable and I know there's a little bit of needle between Saints and Zaha but it was, it was a good finish and and yeah it was just it just felt it went in and normally when you let a last and the goal is when you're at the ground it feels like a kick in the gut but it just felt you just like well yeah fair enough and it's been coming would have been lucky yeah. to get I, I sort of chuckled in a way like of course we didn't deserve anything from the game you, you've well articulated that but it did just feel inevitable. I think, and Palace, I mean, I put them into that group of teams that are having a relatively good you know, end to the season. They could have fallen off, I think, post the semi-final defeat, but haven't. And ideally, Saints would be in that group that is sort of ready to kick on next year. We're completely not. And it's because of the end of the season we've had and because of the question marks about Ralph. Just on Bednarek, and I think getting tight and being aggressive, he, he treads quite a fine line, I think, even in his good games, around how he wins the ball. And I think sometimes he gets there and sometimes he doesn't. It's clearly how Ralph wants his centre-backs to, to push and press to try and nick, it, nick the ball. Salisu does it. We've it's, it's just looked so bad defensively. And I think I also thought about that in terms of our pressure on the ball against Palace and Brentford in the sense that I think if you cast your mind back to probably one of the worst losses we had last season was the home game against Spurs, where they just got in consistently over the top. Um, one of the core things that people spoke about tactically after that game was around, it's actually less about the defensive units, about the pressure on the ball. So giving people time to pop that ball over the top when we haven't got quick centre-backs is not a good recipe. And I think I've just seen both things go completely wrong in the last 10 games, where our pressure on the ball is nowhere near intense further up the pitch. And then when we go and try and nick it defensively, we're not doing it. <laughs> so it's just like a perfect storm of throughout the pitch, like we haven't got enough pressure on balls over the top or balls through us, nor are we winning the ball back as we probably have done. But I just don't think we've got good enough centre-backs to, to play that style of football. And Bednarek, again, in that Palace game was, was really poor. I think something that was mentioned on Twitter was about the, how few uh, chances we, we're creating as a team. And I think I commented on this, something that, that, that was posted around bar set pieces and bar winning the ball back in transition and ultimately Armstrong's goal um, that was disallowed on Saturday was only because we won the ball back in a kind of decent area. I just don't really feel like that Ralph's side ever, you know, Saints under Ralph have ever been that creative as a team. And I think we touched on this earlier on in the season, you know, maybe before the season started. I'm just not sure how well he can coach an attack either, you know, in terms of getting players in, in the right areas to create, getting networks of, of players together to, to try and kind of penetrate and open up sides. Like that is something that's really been evident in the games that we've been, you know, like the Palaces at home, Watford game, the Newcastle game, just doesn't really feel like we've got much beyond hoping that, that Ward Prowse can dig us out of the hole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
the thing of the last few goals we've scored. I mean, you've, you've had Romay set piece, Walprouse just double against Brighton, free kick, and then winning the ball back high. And the same with I mean, Walprouse, you can just go through Walprouse set piece leads. Watford was Watford at home, Elianusi from a set piece. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it was. We, Flicked we, on we, just, we just we just don't create anything. It's just so worrying. I mean, it's probably a combination of the fact that our forward thinking players aren't aren't at the levels that they need to be in terms of the, the number tens, and also our fullbacks haven't been getting as high as they were, especially at this from the start of the season. It's just um, well, even. Like I said, I mean, even when they were getting high, we weren't creating that much at the start of the season. Like, obviously, our best win this season was Spurs away. And obviously, one of the goals came from a defensive mistake by Ben Davis, and the other two were Walprouse crosses. I mean, as good as that game was, it was fantastic. It was our best win of the season. We, the, the goals are still coming from like two very, very distinct categories. It's not, we're not, we never, te- we never tear teams open. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely food for thought and we'll, we'll do some sort of post-mortem end of season review um, once the season's finished. But it's definitely something to think about and maybe look at some numbers behind where our, our goals have come from because, yeah, I'm trying to reflect now on the season as a whole and it's, it's interesting to think, is it going to change if if Ralph sticks around, but we have better attacking players or, or is it something that, that Ralph's doing? I think that's something that we can't really answer. Um, Sam, I am conscious we're kind of moving forward uh, here about 40 minutes in. So I let's talk about the next couple of games. I mean, our, our last couple of games. <laughs> we don't have to spend long on it. Um, Liverpool on Tuesday... Thoughts? Um, going to lose, but yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough night. I mean, even if they, even if say City win their next two, and they're they're only a point from the title with the goal difference. I mean, it may not be the case because Liverpool fancy enough on Tuesday night they could rack up rack up the goal difference and get back back onto level peg in the city. So. Uh, yeah, they're a fantastic team. They they're better than us in every single area of the pitch. They'd, be, they'd probably be better than us in every single area of the pitch. They play their second eleven, and it's going to be a very long night. I mean, you think, oh, maybe it's, it's the point now at Liverpool where their squad's so strong as well. You think, oh, maybe they might rest Salah and they're bringing in what Diego Jota or Luis Diaz or then bringing Firmino back in. And the midfield is so, the midfield the strength and depth so strong. Like last night, they're playing. You think, oh, they're playing their second string midfield, but Abby K is what was what sixty million quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a very, very tough night, and I'm not looking forward to it. It's the it's an interesting thing because I think I swear before. I mean, the kind of all games are now condensed. I swear there was a thing where if Ralph had longer on the training ground, and this is maybe what the, the sort of um, I guess the the optimism that surrounded Ralph in that going into some of these big games, it felt like we were relatively well drilled and well coached. <laughs> Whereas now, you know, if he had like a week on the training ground, we'd we'd be relatively kind of confident that we'd give them a game. And obviously we we won this same fixture last year. 
I can only see it being a clean sheet for Liverpool and just a case of how many. We could go into that game, depending on how results go tonight and Sunday, which is when all the Premier League fixtures are before our game, knowing that we're ultimately not safe. How do you see that? maybe going in terms of the games that are to come and how it might affect our, our performance? It's very interesting. Leeds, get, Leeds win tonight and all bets are off because, I mean, we should be under massive pressure on Tuesday. If Leeds lose tonight, we're virtually safe because of the goal difference. So you just don't, you just don't know. It's, talk about the mentality. I don't know if the mentality for us will change on Tuesday night. We'll be back against the wall. We'll be trying to... We'll be trying to they probably do what we did against Arsenal, but Liverpool got Liverpool are a much much better team than Arsenal, so we won't, I don't we won't get as lucky as we did against them. I mean, as, I know it's, not, it's maybe not luck for keeping to make loads of saves, but we were lucky in that game. I mean, to, to win that was yeah. And yeah, I just don't I don't see any crumbs of comfort in terms of this game. It's going to be horrible. We're going to we're going to be in massive trouble from. The first whistle, <clears throat> and yeah. yeah, I just don't see anything positive to come from it. I'd love to, I'd love to give, I'd love to say, oh, we can mix something, but I just don't see it. That is so good, and we're all yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are legit the worst team in the league right now, and we are yeah. facing pretty much one of the best sides in world football. Uh, it, it, you know, it'd be kind of foolish for us to predict anything other than a drubbing. Most models put us at like less than 1% chance of, of going down. I can see Leeds at least not losing tonight. Chelsea have got the cup final coming up. I think you touched on that. I, I, I There's some kind of comfort for me in the sense that I can't see Burnley getting a single point at Spurs on Sunday. And then I think there's some midweek fixtures potentially is there after our game. I think then Burnley, yeah, Burnley got Villa Burnley at home. Villa. Villa away. Villa, Villa away. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's that's right. They played them at home. It's a bit of a quirk of the calendar that in that they hadn't... So Burnley and Villa hadn't played each other until like a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Um, so, yeah, I think I, th- I think we're going to be fine. Are you the same? But it, it's, it, yeah, it, it, I think we will, just about. But it, it's just crazy how, where we were in, what, after, after we beat Norwich? Was that, our, was that the end of, end of the good run? We had Norwich and we had West Ham in the cup, then Villa. Yeah, yeah. it was a Friday night so, game, wasn't it? Then we played where, yeah, West Ham on the Wednesday. So yeah, when we beat Norwich, we would be four. We could push it. We could get eight or ninth. We, we're looking so good. We'd, I mean, it wasn't the most unbelievable performance against Norwich back then, but you thought it was solid enough. Set them aside, and yeah, let's just push on for the rest of the season. Of course, then I should have probably realised we're Saints, and it's not going to happen. We're going to we're going to ta- we're going to tail off, and we have. We've completely tailed off. We've won one game since then. It's just been it's been so poor, and just. Serves us right for getting any sort of optimism. Yeah. Indeed it does. It's the hope that kills you, Sam. It's the hope that kills you. 
Uh, yeah, I think that probably does us. Obviously, we then go to the King Power on Sunday, final day of the season, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, we won't be podding in between now and you know either of those fixtures. We will be doing something by way of an end of season review. So, fingers crossed, we're looking back on you know two okay-ish performances and Saints being in the Premier League uh, come next season, which... I think would be the most likely outcome. I can't see us picking up a point from either of those games. Um, thoughts on our fixture against Leicester? They're a funny team, aren't they, Leicester this season? I mean, I, I know they've had loads of injuries, but they can, they've almost, I mean, nowhere near as bad as we have. At the end of the season, they've been awful. They'll win, they'll beat Norwich tonight and <clears throat> that'll, be, that'll probably be them done for the season. And yeah, I mean, it seems like Rogers is under a bit of pressure there, which is, I mean, to me, I mean, Leicester fans will know far better than I do, but he won the FA Cup last season and now he's under massive pressure. But, yeah, it just seems yeah. like they've properly tailed off this season. I know against a European semi-final, I know, it's, I know it's only the Conference League in inverted commas because, I mean, I'll, I'll probably take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I quite enjoyed that Conference League this year. I mean, the, the semi-finals, they're probably bigger teams in that than you had in the Europa League semis. It was just, I think it was a great addition to the European calendar, as it were. But yeah, I think Rodgers, it's an interesting one where I know a couple of Leicester fans, I think the fan base is quite divided. Maybe a little bit similar to our situation, but I think having competed for Champions League places for the last two seasons consecutively and an FA Cup win, I think he probably has enough in the, the bank to mean that he isn't actually going to move on. But I guess only being two points above us, are they, right now? That I can't think of the actual points. Yeah, and they're, and, they're, and they're a far... I mean, their, their team is just... It's far better than ours. Look at players like Fafana. Yeah. If he was to lead Leicester, there'd be, players, there'd be all sorts of teams sitting around him. James Justin, James Justin's a really good player. Madison, Harvey Barnes, Vard, I mean Vardy's back now, so that should yeah. go well against. That should go well against our centre backs. Yeah, yeah, indeed. No, they um, they, they, I think they, their whole squad. It feels like that's just a big underachievement for for where they finished, and I think it will be a relatively interesting fixture. Let's just hope, mate. Fingers crossed. We don't need a single thing going into that. Um, because, boy, I could really do without a final day um, full of nerves. Yeah, we don't, we don't need that. We do not need that. All right, Samuel. Well, I would like to say it's been a pleasure, but I think it's been relatively sort of therapeutic to get out some of our, our grievances and just, you know, call Saints the worst team in the league, which ultimately we are right now. We will be back uh, listeners in a couple of weeks time we might be a little bit delayed just between our final fixture and, and kind of the pod coming through because we want to do a full end of season review um, may well get a couple of guests on um, for that but Sam any last words from you um, the only way is up well maybe <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I think the the inverse of that it would be the only way is down and I think we're going to be all right. So a little bit of optimism to, to finish. Um, the only way is indeed up. I think things can't really get worse. Let's hope for two good performances against Liverpool and Leicester and we will speak to you all soon.